I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All new, bigger, and more powerful iPad. The future of television. And the most advanced iPhones we've ever created and the most advanced in the world. More from Apple's September event later as we discuss what the iPad Pro and Apple TV App Store means for the UK. Welcome to Text Message. I'm Nate Langson. And I'm Ian Morris. And this week we are going to spend a perhaps a slightly shorter show, but a conf- not confined show, a refined show, a condensed show, a focused show. We're going to talk exclusively about what Apple's products mean for Microsoft, for Samsung, for the UK. For you, dear listener, you and you alone. Actually, not you alone. Anybody you know. <laughs> Let's start with the Apple TV. This is the new Apple TV. And we believe it is the future of television. Ian, what was your first response when you saw what Apple did with its Apple TV? My first response was uncharacteristically positive um, because I didn't used to like Apple TV very much. Um, and, I, and, and when we were talking about it the other week, you told me some stuff about it that even though I actually didn't know, um, you know, lack of iPlayer and stuff like that. Um, but this now sounds exactly what I want. I mean, I, I wrote a piece for Forbes um, as I was just, I was just having a little think about Apple TV and I was thinking... Weirdly, this actually sounds like it might now be the product that I've been looking for, the one that I want, you know, to do my media streaming. Um, And I wrote quite an involved piece about all the hardware I've got under my TV at the moment that all does this job to some extent. But none of it does everything that the Apple TV claims it will. Uh, and some people have been on, on me on Twitter, <laughs> as you might expect. A couple have suggested Android TV, which, I mean, I I've, I've don't have a great deal of experience with Android TV. But my experience with that kind of thing is that it doesn't work brilliantly. But I will, I am going to test an Android TV quite soon. So mm. um, I, will, I will have a more informed opinion on that soon. Well, um, the, the, the real bonus here, I think, with the new Apple TV, it's got internal storage storage for the first time which means well not for the first time Nate for the second time well for the second time (laughs) in its current form yes Yes, it used to have a hard drive yes but the main difference here and this is the focus I want to talk about today is the app store now I think the Apple TV getting an app store was probably the biggest announcement from the stage that uh, on the day Apple announced it and the reason is at the moment I've read a a few numbers but there are rumors that the app it's not rumor what's the word predictions that the app market the downloadable app market will be worth over 76 billion dollars that's about 50 billion quid by 2018 it's already worth about half of that today and really the iphone and ios more broadly have been the initial enablers of this app revolution that we've had i think about companies like uber they're valued at billions tens of billions of dollars and they physically couldn't have existed prior to the creation of the first iphone and the app store and all the other companies similar to it that exist now apple is sort of poising the tv which has not had any kind of app ecosystem on any platform in the same way 
to be the next big thing in terms of apps. And I think that when you think about the potential there, this is huge. This mm. is absolutely huge. Sony wanted to make the uh, the TV more available to people as a games platform who didn't own PS uh, a PlayStation. So they released the, the PlayStation TV. You can play PlayStation games using Sony's cloud service via a Samsung television, you know, actual PS3 games you can play on your TV because it's all handled in the cloud. There is no reason when you've got an app store on your television why we couldn't start seeing the likes of Sony allowing the Apple TV to be a conduit to the PlayStation games library. Well, no. Fra you know, subscription-based model on Sony's part, very low-cost entry on the, on the Apple TV's part. The second side of this is that the Nintendo Wii and you know what nintendo is trying to do with casual games it's not been able to do with a console what apple and the like have been able to do on mobile low cost games with one single point of uh, purchase you know the app stores they've not been able to do that and we've seen it be very very successful on mobile so there's no reason now for nintendo to continue existing depending on who you ask because apple is perfectly primed now to completely dominate that low cost alternative console-based market. And as dramatic as that sounds, if you think about the way games are going and apps are going, the casual market is probably going to be very attracted to something like this if it's pushed, you know, marketing-wise that way. Um, yeah. And, and the, final, the final point is that there are a whole bunch of other uses that we could start seeing that we wouldn't necessarily need to see on the iPads and iPhones and even Androids. And I think about something like Sky Plus recording. You know, there's no reason why that couldn't be enabled by Sky as an app on TV. The same for BBC iPlayer. I could see world, you know, apps that pull world news channels together and have you know, 12 screens picture in picture, and it will monitor for different mentions of words using voice detection speech detection to monitor for any mention of a single word and then maybe bring that live broadcast to the front of of the tv i mean i'm making all these up as i go along yeah really. but but these are all the kinds of things that an app store on a tv could do but i don't think we need it to do any of that really i, I just think we need it to be um, a, a way for people to access some of the games that they've got on their iPhones and iPads, um, to have access to their iTunes streaming library, to have access to Apple Music on their TV. But they have um, that already. Yes, they do. But they're also now getting the bone, the benefit of a full app store, and with that, they they will get access to things like Plex, which is the was the basically the crux of my argument on the Forbes piece because. Um, Plexes are very important to me because it does so much. Can you um, explain what Plex is for people who don't know? Of course, yeah, it's a it's a two part thing. It's a, um, you install a server on a PC or or a NAS even, uh, and then it and then you're able able to stream from that device to a phone, um, your TV, a laptop, anything like that. There are a whole suite of apps. Um, some of them paid, some of them not. Um, but the server is free, and the uh, the Windows app is uh, free as well, uh, and and the Mac app. But um, I don't, I still don't fully understand. Does it? What does it pull in? What, oh, what well, are you streaming? Uh, uh, any anything you have on your well, any video or audio or photos you have on your home network. So crucially for me, and I mean the, the same would be true for you as well. Is um, it would it would look through your music library. Um, it would be able to get in good information from you know it, it does. They've now added in really good music functionality actually. So it will get album art if necessary if it's not already there. Um, and it, it presents it in a way and indeed you can use it almost like your own version of Spotify if you want so you, you can have the Plex app on your 
your phone um, head off and then stream your own collection of music to your phone while you're out and about in, in a way that like you would with Apple Music. So, I, I mean, obviously, I know that's kind of you, you are an, a, an owner of music. Most people are happy to pay their £10 a month and, and just have a streaming service, aren't they? Well, but, I do that. I do that as well. Yes, but it, it, I think there, there is some value there. I mean, of course, it's not the be all and end all. Of course, I, it, I use it a lot for TV and film. Uh, you know, if you've got a DVD collection, you, you know, you might want to rip. Um, obviously, with the kids, if you give a child a DVD, they will destroy it within three minutes. So you have to rip them, really. Um, and obviously, Plex offers a really nice solution to having those movies. And the kids are actually the other room now watching up. So, you know, that that's a really nice way of um, sort of keeping your media in one place and making Just it simple. Re- just remind me, for the sake of argument, what's this got to do with Apple TV? Well, because um, that's there's never been a Plex app for Apple TV, um, and now there is, now there will be. Oh, um, I see. And that's and that's just one thing. And of course, it's not that's not relevant to everyone. Um, it's particularly relevant to me, and that's why I wrote that particular article because mm. it's the thing. I have got a lot of products under my TV. I've got a PS4 has a Plex app. But it's not brilliant. Uh, it's okay. The picture quality isn't as good as, say, my popcorn hour. But the popcorn hour's uh, Plex app is rubbish, uh, and the box is aging, and it, it it goes wrong so often. I see. So what you're saying is the Apple TV could, with with an app like Plex, could become a conduit for a NAS, a network attached storage yeah, it, device. It, yeah, it's, it, it, essentially. Yes, and and then you've got all the other advantages that you've already mentioned about having an app store, and, and the fact that they've they've obviously targeted it at casual gaming. So you know that is in itself a huge market. People already own a lot of those games on their iPhone, don't they? So they're, they're mm. then going to be able to transition to playing those on the TV, or um, you know, yeah. or getting whole new games. The, the, but I think I mean I have to go back to the Sony the Sony argument yeah. from earlier, which is that this is powerful enough to run some of these games, and they can look very very good. But really, the real benefit is going to be for people who say, "Well, we've now got a powerful enough conduit to run our cloud-based system through people's televisions." So we could see huge amounts of remote, whether it's remote rendering, remote recording, remote streaming there's a common platform for all of these people to now be using and that's just not existed before yes in it, it, that, that in, a, in a way that makes it easy for developers to make because they're already used to the ios development tools and they're not too dissimilar from what i hear for, for tv and not only that but you've got one single platform for them to be run on which yeah. is definitely not attractive for people like Sky or even the BBC who necessarily have to support these devices, but they have to pick one or two because they have to just go out, go after which has the largest market. This allows people to come up with all sorts of new ideas um, for, for enabling entertainment that just cannot exist right now because people don't think of their iPad as a DVR where or 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 no you know a home entertainment system in that sort of way i think that could be great in the uk because we are we, i think we have a good ecosystem for 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 tv on demand but it could be a lot better and yes. and i say as someone who isn't even a massive tv or movie fan i say it more of a, as a as a gaming fan i think that um you know this this could be a this could be a, a really good thing. And it's only a matter of time before you can plug some sort of camera in it and do FaceTime with your TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that, that they'd be crazy not to do that. That works quite well for audiences who don't, uh, who aren't necessarily the most technically minded. Yeah. So if you sell someone a TV that has Skype built in um, and either has an additional camera or, one, or a camera built in, um, then immediately 
you know, nanny and granddad can press a button and ha- have a conversation with their grandkids anytime they want. And, you know, so I, I, I take what you're saying. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I know Apple will do a good job with it. Um, I just don't know why it's taken them this long to get Apple TV sorted. Um, I think maybe maybe they were sniffing out the market, but um, and I think perhaps they now understand it. My only concern really is the price. It's gonna. I reckon the US pricing is one hundred and fifty uh, or two hundred, isn't it? Depending on which uh, capacity you go with. Um, neither capacity is especially generous, and um, I think I think the price is slightly too high. I admit it's a good product, but um, I think they could have gone. They could have done it a hundred, one hundred and fifty. Mm. Uh, well, it's going but, to be out in it's going to be out in October. Yes, I'm, and... I'm very much hoping that I'm, I, I find myself on a list to review that actually because I'm I'm really genuinely excited about it. Let's move on to the iPad Pro. It's the most capable and powerful iPad we've ever created. So this is a 13-inch tablet. Um, it has a resolution of 2,732 by 2,048 pixels. That's 264 PPI. Now, that is higher resolution than any uh, other iOS device or Mac, uh, MacBook Pro. Isn't it also a completely different ratio? Isn't it 4.3 or something? All the iPads are 4.3. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're all 4.3. It's got a new A9X processor on the inside, which Apple claims is 1.6 times faster than the iPad Air 2 with up to twice as fast graphics. Now, that will be affected by the fact that the screen and resolution is much higher. But either way, in the past, Apple's processor improvements have been um, noticeable in benchmarks, at least, if nothing else. So that is is a promise that it can handle what people may want to throw at it. It's got four speakers and it's got... A pencil. (laughs) It's got a stylus with it as an optional extra. And it's been pushed out, this product, towards business users, the enterprise, artists, graphic designers... And the, 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 the stylus actually got something of a laugh in the, in the presentation when I was watching it. it was, there were actually some laughs at the, uh, at the name Apple Pencil. It's called Apple Pencil. There's been a lot of criticism since it was announced that Steve Jobs in 2007, yeah. launched the iPhone, said words along the lines of, Yuck! Nobody wants a stylus, so let's not use a stylus. Yeah, that's bollocks though isn't it that's a phone it's a completely different product i agree it's bollocks and i've and and the only thing that i will defend here is the fact that we were talking about 2007 when the most popular phone were things like the nokia n95 blackberry was doing well touchscreens were all um rubbish uh what rubbish yes for a better word so resistive i think they were resistive touchscreens so you needed to use a fingernail or a pen of some kind in order to interact apple's was one of the first touchscreens certainly in phones where you didn't have to use anything like that was a selling point the kids these days will not know how bad resistive touchscreens were they won't, and I'm pleased because they oh. can grow up to be better people and a, a brighter <laughs> Let's hate promise for our future in, you and I. True. But the, but the last point is that in the world of graphic design, there, I mean, there is not a graphic designer or a professional graphic designer who will not own a tablet and a stylus on their computer. Some of them use them instead of having mice. It's keyboard and a tablet. Yeah. So, and that's who this is aimed at, and I think that's why the pencil is its... It's only compatible with the iPad Pro, allegedly, right now. It's not been confirmed otherwise. Only compatible with the Pro. And Do we it's know how not, it works? Is it, is it similar to Wacom? Box. 
Well, it's yeah, Digitize it has a pressure-sensitive kind of, yeah. nib, and it has accelerometers and motion detectors on the inside, and it'll communicate over Bluetooth. So it can it knows where it is, it knows how hard it's being pressed, and it knows its rotation, which is all similar to how the the graphics tablets from people like Wycom work. Yeah, yeah. But the, the key thing though, here is that to... it's not included in the box. No. So and this is Apple, this is a, a subtle way of saying it's not an essential product, and it's an edge case use. But I think it is an essential product for that particular product because I don't think the iPad Pro is going to sell to normal people. I no. don't think it's going to sell as a laptop replacement because they've already got the MacBook. They don't need um, the, let, this, the MacBook. Let, is let's this let's focus the... on let's focus on the on the on the pencil for yeah, now because I agree that is the second. That's the other elephant in this room. It's a weird room. It's got two elephants in it <laughs> and two podcasters. But this the, the pencil. Like it's it's a designer's it's a designer's tool, right? So yeah. obviously designers are going to want to use a stylus. Yeah. Okay. Makes perfect sense. Cool. Okay. Well, I was expecting a big argument on that one. Well, no, that was, my, that was no. the point I was most passionate about because, because I think that, that it really think pissed that... me off how people got. We're getting very angry. That's two rude words in this show so far. Um, it's it it really bugs me how people have compared 2007's release of a phone to 2015's release of a high end well, sort of pro targeted we know tablet. why it's because it's because apple re- rejoices in that kind of stuff itself you know apple apple says things like oh yeah we don't need a stylus a stylus is a bad way to interact it they 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 have reaped what they have sown is mm. essentially and that so i i agree it is silly it is not a like for like comparison but people like you know I mean, this is something I remember quite well. Um, when when the Apple you know, back when I was at university, uh, grabbing in the mists of time here, uh, all the all the Apple fanboys used to cluster around their little room of Apple Macs would um, talk about how you know Intel was rubbish and you know and how and how the you know the Power Mac was the better your Power PC processor was the way, um, and then there was all that sort of all the little cute little graphics with you know Intel inside, idiot outside, and all that, and then obviously Apple switched to Intel. And there was a, a deathly silence, wasn't there? And so it's it's just that kind of thing again, isn't it? It's it's people just like to laugh when, uh, when they've when they've been mocked in the past, essentially. I, but, I would I would agree entirely. But let's go back to your other point because yes. I think what was very interesting about what Apple did is is sort of it's I don't I hate using the term symbiosis when talking about corporate strategy because it sounds like such a awful it's like saying synergy or something but <laughs> the fact is that apple brought microsoft, uh, microsoft executive up on stage to talk about right after introducing a keyboard a, a flexible keyboard that also is a case um brought this microsoft executive on stage from microsoft's office division to talk about how good the ipad pro was to use microsoft office on yeah now microsoft office has been available on ios for for a while now i think about a year or so and the product that they were sort of showing on stage might as well as far as microsoft's concerned might as well have been a microsoft surface tablet because it's about the same size it's got the same sort of uh, smart case uh, keyboard type thing it's running office and i thought number one number one good on apple in bringing basically their rival up in order to um 
show how this was aimed specifically at a kind of business corporate use case. But also, really, good on Microsoft for seeing that the value in their office business lies in not being closed. It, it's like, if you want to use Office, you should be able to use it on every platform that people might want to use it on. And mm. I thought what we really saw was two rivals getting together to say, you know what, we don't care that we both have competing products. We want to take Google down. So we're going <laughs> to go and do this together and we're going to make sure Google doesn't steal any more of our customers. Well, and I think that was great to see. Well, as I was going to say, uh, Apple and Microsoft are not rivals. you know, and, they, and arguably, they never really have been. Microsoft isn't a hardware company, really. I mean, the hardware it makes is very, very good. No, but Apple is a software company well, to a certain extent. Yeah, it is. Mm, come on, mate, think of. about it. I mean, yeah. we're going to come to the iPhone shortly. But yeah. All phones now, really, they're all fine, and they're all moving towards being <laughs> just rectangular black slabs they, of glass on the front and back. The key thing is the software. That's what makes these products unique, and that's what makes the iPhone and, and Android so distinctly different, depending on who you ask, in yeah. terms of how their software works. And the same is true for Surface and the iPad Pro. The key is the software. Yeah, yes, I suppose. Um, but if Apple had... if Apple. Um, had launched the iPhone just a little bit after Google sort of launched Android, it would it would be entirely possible for Apple to have used Android um, with its own customizations and and probably still done as good a job with the iPhone, um, at, at, you know. And so I I get I do get the point. I mean, iOS is a very significant part of their business now. Mm. In fact, it's the most significant part of their business because they're still not big in desktops or you know it, that world is still Microsoft. Um, yes, you're right. It's they're, they're, they're and niche. the fact that everyone they're has a MacBook niche. is yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't dent it, does it? Even the fact no. you know you go you you look around and the majority of laptops we see at events will be Macs, but that's a slightly different audience. But the you know the MacBook is ubiquitous now. It's huge. Uh, so I but, want to I, I want to take you back to yes. a comment you made earlier yes. about the about the iPad Pro not replacing desktops. Yeah, and I want to pose a little scenario to yeah, go you. On. Because what is happening in the world of tablet computing, I think, and desktop computing, is comparable to what happened with smartphones. Everybody wants thinner. Everyone is learning to use the touchscreen in in a new way. And what happened with smartphones is they got bigger screens, smaller keyboards, eventually getting rid of the keyboards entirely, unless you were BlackBerry. Poor them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in and which case I just this, got rid of the whole the, business the last thing to die was the keyboard and it all went software and you simply attach the things whether wirelessly or in a case or whatever if you don't carry it around all the time it's like the CD and DVD drive computers, Apple's computers at least they don't come with them anymore because you don't need them very often so why carry them around I yeah. think the same is true for keyboards that it stands to reason is the next thing to happen in mob- in in mainstream desktop computing is that we've moved towards laptops they've been outselling desktop pcs now for for a number of years it's perfectly logical to expect that the next thing to die in desktop computing is the keyboard so i actually can see not even just the ipad pro but surfaces whatever android competition and the ipad pro i can totally see these replacing um laptops and, and and I think that it's very interesting to see that trend happening so quickly because mm, it's not theory. taken. 
but it's we've seen this in we've seen this in cycles we have you know, this the same thing happens desktops became laptops laptops became tablets and the whole thing follows the same the same trend the curious thing is going to be where and how I and mean, when do laptops or rather laptop replacements so um tablets basically screens you attach stuff to when do they merge with smartphones um, because well, my, that will sh- that will surely be next. The question will be, why do you need to carry around two processors? Well, do you know do you know what Microsoft's vision is for this particular part of the industry? Is that two in um, ones? Is what two in ones? Two in um, one well, m- models? No, it's it, it's the fact that the idea behind Windows Ten is that you have a Windows 10 app that will run on... uh, So, say, Office is a good example. You've got Microsoft Word. Um, The idea they have is that you'll have... um, Microsoft Word will be on your phone, and you'll be able to use it like any phone app, and it will look like a phone app. But then you plug it into an external display, a keyboard and a mouse through Bluetooth, and then suddenly that app is able to turn itself into the... to look like the desktop version. Um, And so, therefore, their their vision for the future is it is one app um, that works on every device. And perhaps it will even work on your Xbox. You know, you'll be able to sit on the TV with a nice Bluetooth keyboard on your lap and you'll be able to use that like like any TV, uh, like any computer. So that's that idea. I agree completely, but the but the last question, because we've talked about this for a little while now, is whether we think the iPad Pro should be an exciting release for UK offices. Um, yes, I, sp- I suppose it will be. Um, I, I, I don't feel excited about it because I don't see it as a relevant product for me. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. But a lot of businesses are already adapting to bring your own device, aren't they? Um, because ultimately people want to sort of have one phone. They don't want to have a work phone and a home phone. Um, and so companies are, with increased security, getting used to that idea. Um, so, yeah, why not? I mean, people will just end up having their own product, won't they? And then the companies will save a huge fortune on hardware. Well, this is the perfect opportunity to remind you that podcast at natelangson.com is where you can send your feedback. I'm particularly curious, as I'm sure is... Ian, what your view is on the iPad Pro, whether you have identified it already as a device you want in your life, do you have a professional use for it? Is this going to be the thing that gets you to buy a new iPad or even a new tablet altogether if you have one already or even not at all? In fact, the iPad Pro would be a very interesting first tablet. What made you buy this versus any of the other tablets on the market? Podcast at natelangson.com. And that is a good moment to remind everybody to also leave a review on iTunes. And I want to say thank you to the 78 reviews we have in there. Amazing. Five stars on the App Store. We're getting very close to 80, and 80 is very close to 100. I'd love to get to 100 reviews by the end of the year. So if you are tempted, and I've said this before, it means more to Ian and I, and it makes a bigger difference to the show. For everyone who's listening, who likes the show, to leave a review because that keeps the momentum up in the store. It keeps us being discovered. And frankly, for a non-profit podcast, that is a better use of your support than putting money in the post or a PayPal donation link. And that's why we don't have any of those. Reviews are the currency with which we like to be paid in that regard. So if you are tempted, do leave us a review in iTunes. It makes the biggest difference in the world. And thank you to the 78 of you who have done so already this year. Now, the last 
piece of the puzzle here and we're going to touch on this only briefly because it's not a huge deal for us to talk about is the new iPhone range. And while they may look familiar, we have changed everything about these new iPhones. These are essentially physically pretty identical to the last models of the iPhone 6. These are the 6S's and they have an A9 chip on the inside so not quite as powerful as the one in the iPad Pro but allegedly more powerful than the previous model. In fact graphics performance may be 90% faster than the one in the previous model. Improved cameras, this is a big deal I think, 12 megapixel rear-facing camera instead of 8 megapixels and 4K video recording. That sounds pointless but with the extra power and with the 4K that does open up the opportunity for people to zoom in dynamically on videos as they're being recorded, perhaps even in real time maybe following the subject with your finger and, and dynamic zooming in and out as the video plays back and that's a new way of editing on a phone that we haven't really had before. So 4K resolution makes that possible even if you're not saving videos at 4K. And the other side of this is the iCloud, Apple storage solution online, has had its storage uh, capacity doubled for the same price, which I think is going to be a direct re reason uh, or result of this 4K because a minute of 4K video is going to be over 300 megabytes, I would imagine, based on the bitrate Apple currently uses for its HD video. And so you're going to run out of storage on a phone within minutes. Um, <laughs> Especially if you buy the 16 gig, which, let's be honest, should have been retired. If you've got a 16 gig phone and we say reasonably that half of that storage is being used up by apps and music and what have you, you are going to get you're not even going to get an hour of 4K. It's going to be a lot under that. You're going to need something like iCloud if you don't want to plug your phone into a PC to store this kind of footage. And that's a good thing if you've got a fast enough internet connection to upload that video, yeah. of course, um, because it does mean that in the future, this huge resolution that you may need in, in for a future playback scenario like bigger TVs or what have you is going to be there but it's not going to need to be stored on your phone. And that's one of the great things about iCloud, I think, at the moment, is is that you can seamlessly back stuff up and it sends you device-relevant versions. Um, and the, But the other thing, and this is the thing we wanted to talk about, Ian, today, is the 3D touch thing, the yeah. new force touch, the pressure sensitivity of the new iPhone screen. Now, to me, this adds an interesting element of interactivity because it allows the phone to know how hard you're pressing, which is... You know, the demos looked perfectly interesting and usable. But I'm confused, and I'm potentially feeling that a lot of other people may be confused about, say, the difference between press and long press, which we have now, you know, tapping versus pressing and holding, and pressing, pressing and holding, or pressing and holding and pushing, or tapping very hard. And I don't know yet how I'm going to get used to that, and if that is going to be beneficial. And I wonder be what fine. your thoughts were this on is that. A, this is the thing, right? So, I mean... Android's had long press for a long time, so there's nothing particularly revolutionary about the idea of that. Um, where I think Apple has something to add is that it will just make it a lot easier. That You only have to look at the demo. Like, you long press the camera, and it says, would you like to take a selfie? I mean, that is actually incredibly clever. And yeah. why has no one thought of that before? You know, having common tasks um, accessible quicker is one of the things that would make a phone much more usable. And so that's very yes. clever. I don't, I don't quite know why the force touch is needed for that. I, I don't. I mean, that that doesn't feel to me like it was necessary. I, I think there's a lot more coming. 
I think they're probably they're, they're probably planning a lot of stuff for that set of technologies, but we yeah. won't see the the payoff for that for a while yet. Yes. Now, I think the interesting thing about this is what could be enabled in terms of messaging. I mean, I've thought for a little while that it would be a really interesting way of enhancing video you record if the low frequencies of a recording could be translated into vibration in the phone using the vibration mm. system. So if you're standing next to an earthquake or filming an earthquake, you can actually feel the phone shake as the low sounds are coming through. And you could do the same thing for messaging. And Apple does this on the on the, on the the Apple Watch, where you can send sort of like a vibrated message to someone. A little bit naff perhaps, yes, but I do like the idea of being able to use force and multi-touch to manipulate how the device feels in somebody else's hand well i don't know if it's useful but it is cool i wonder because they made a big thing about the the vibration system being much quicker to respond you know turns off and on very quickly i wonder if it's going to be eventually possible for you to have some sort of um tactile a way to read a message much like braille um, or whether that could be an accessibility thing in the future where, where you could sort of run your finger along the surface and it would be able to give you enough information through the screen to, to make it possible to read a message that way. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's I, I imagine there's all sorts of people working on that. Apple, very good for accessibility, actually. Should uh, doesn't get a lot of credit for it, but um, no. you, that you can use uh, Apple devices with all sorts of, you know, if you've not got great eyesight or hearing, it, they're quite good for that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the force touch is one of those things where it's it may feel a little disappointing as a feature coming out of a keynote because everyone's looking for, you know, 360 degree video recording or, you know, vibrating Apple shoes that allow you to <laughs> tap dance a message to your partner overseas or something but but it is one of these things that is making the phone physically different to other products and these days the physicality of a device has never really felt less important and it's very nice i think when a manufacturer and apple and samsung did this with the uh, the galaxy s6 edge i think it was it's always really good to see a, a not necessary and yet very effective change of design philosophy in order to you know to better use the phone to communicate sadly they get a lot of uh, you know but i mean for samsung in particular they get a lot of hassle for that you know and and you're right i think the, the thing is that um lg um love them because they when they design a phone they don't follow they don't just follow in this, this is just sony as well actually they don't just do what everyone else has done you know lg put the controls for the volume on the back of the phone they've got the you know knock code and all that kind of stuff and actually that all that stuff makes those phones a lot more pleasant to use sony has waterproofing and you know and and uh, remote ps4 that kind of thing it's nice to see companies sort of doing things that differentiate them and that's that's why people will buy phones if they don't they're not going to buy generic handset this is why i i don't believe there's a a mass market for things like the one plus because i just don't think people want powerful but very generic phones we will return to this topic when these devices are released the apple tv october in fact most of these are going to be out in october we think i think possibly november for the ipad pro now i think about it but we'll return to all of these and it's gonna be very interesting to see how these work with each other is there a way that force touch could benefit the apple tv could we have a stylus as a way of interacting with television in some way 
personally, I just love the idea of Mario Paint on an Apple TV. That would be wonderful. But let us know what you think ahead of next week's show, podcast at natelangson.com. We're going to skip feedback for this week, bump it to next week, because we just wanted to keep the show focused on the Apple news. But next week is where we would like to get back to a lot of feedback. So podcast at natelangson.com. That is where you should send your views on iPad Pros, Apple TVs, iPhones, 3D touches, and of course, leave us a review in itunes ian and i will be eternally grateful won't we ian yes we will yeah it's very kind i'm my heart glows with the wonderful feedback you get (laughs) i've seen this actually it's like a little halo hovering out the front of his chest yeah absolutely no it's you're right it is great and you know we do we do this show only for love of technology and our listeners we don't do it Mm. for uh to to get rich or anything do we so there's we're, we're free of adverts and all that kind of shenanigans exactly it's a little oasis because obviously adverts are taking over the world they are and we can we do this for the love so anyway without getting too mushy leave us a review send us an email that will do and Ian and I will catch you again in a week we sure will 